Is it, are you recording? Are you going? I am Did you do a recording. voice check with me? Like a level check? Your, your, your levels are always spot on. As long as you're right there. If you move away from the microphone. Then... My levels are always spot on? On the button. You're a professional. Jay, you're a professional. I'm like a gold medalist curler on the button. That... How's that for reference? Almost, almost seemed interesting, this Olympics. This was the first Olympics that I found curling almost interesting. Almost interesting? Uh-huh. We should talk about that. And I realized it's still just basically shuffleboard slash bocce ball. That's... Ice bocce did you ball. Watch the, did you watch the documentary on them? I did not watch a documentary. It was a documentary? Yes. I missed that. Rock stars. America's rock stars. <gasps> Clever, because yeah. yeah. it's a rock that yeah, they, that they slide, Yeah. Huh? Yeah, it turns out it's uh, it's fairly challenging. I mean, so is a particularly intense game of bocce ball, isn't it? You're that guy now. <laughs> what? You're that guy. You're just watching the Olympics. So I could probably do that. Oh they're, gosh, no, I'm not. They're I'm just, just going down on a sled. I sled. No, no, no. Sled I know that the Jamaicans are... can go down on that sled, and I'm <laughs> sure, sure, I can. I I know that these people are world class, but there's a different. There's the the, the events that you go. I would kind of like to do that one. Like I'm I'm not going to obviously compete on their level, but like I would recreationally do Curl. that. I would. I think riding a cross country ski and then shooting at stuff sounds kind of cool. Like that sounds fun. I would do that. Does one ride a cross country ski? I know. As soon as as soon as I said, I knew I was opening <laughs> myself up. For... Doesn't have a motor in it. You're not, you're not pedaling. You know it. when you play the play the uh, the cross country game and then uh, you see, like then the, you plink some targets. I ride the. That's one of my kids' favorite events is the biathlon. I don't know what it is about cross country skiing with a gun on their and back then shooting and then shooting stuff, stuff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it is. It's the Nordic military yeah. like, from the. Uh, it's, it's that one is interesting curling yeah. is just one that i'm not like i'm i there, i have zero temptation to go i might go out and try that sometime yeah. i feel like this whole olympics was anticlimactic yeah yeah it's just i don't know i thought i thought what made this one exciting was all the stuff that went wrong that's i don't like what like not in a dark way but like it was it was interesting like like all the people that crashed like yeah, like all these people who were supposed to come in first had like really rough, rough go at it. And you enjoyed uh, like there was some sort of no. I didn't say I enjoyed. It. I said what made it interesting. Oh, I said the thing that made it interesting, interesting. It was like bad judging in some sports and whatever. Like there was all yeah. sorts of. Well, there's like, always per- that peripheral, falderall. There's some really interesting injuries. Injury injuries. Yeah. I don't get excited about injuries. No, well that one dude broke something. That we that we can't mention. What we can't mention on this podcast. That we get like one of those little e's next to our. <laughs> so I'm just saying that there's you know there's injuries. Like this is. <laughs> Can we title this podcast <laughs> almost explicit? <laughs> and then almost almost just explicit. on the line. So I didn't even greet everybody. We just did our cold open or we just did our like our little banter. We're not going to edit all that out? No. Or right. Why? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Faith Church Podcast. <laughs> I'm your host, Jay Williams. Joining me today is Robbie Helene. Who is probably going to try to edit all that out. Yep. But you're not going to. No, we're so, going to have to leave a note for Christoph because he's definitely going to try to edit that out, assuming we clearly did not want all that 
broadcast. You know what we could do, though, at this point is edit all that out, but leave this part in of us talking about the part that we shouldn't have edited out, including like how it was almost explicit. That's good. That's a, but it wasn't. Attention it's getter. not going to be. Yeah, that's an that's an attention grabber. Some clickbait. So let's talk about the message from this past weekend. It's a great weekend, man. It was, it really... was a really good weekend. I was super blessed by this weekend. Oh. I love. I mean, I love gathering with the people of God and worshiping. And but there's definitely those weekends where, where the Spirit is just ministering to you in a very specific way and this was one of those Sundays for me. It was mm-hmm. really good. I mean really for both me and Stacy. It was a really good just refreshing, restorative, encouraging Sunday. Yeah, I I agree. The whole the whole day singing together, praying for people, uh, it just it was a very encouraging Sunday. I do have something I need to clarify from the sermon. I said something and and during the sermon, sometimes people don't realize sometimes I say things that they just come out in a certain way. Like maybe uh-huh. I wrote something out or had an idea. And then when I say it out loud, I think, oh, that could be taken a couple different ways. Hmm. And a lot of times I take the time in the message to either make a joke of it, you know, or or clarify in some way. This was one of those times where I said it, I immediately thought, oh, that could be interpreted in a different way. And I went, Meh, and just kept going. <laughs> That's a really difficult decision on on the fly. You're trying to continue communicating. You don't get to like stop and in silence like process process it uh, and think let's like see, oh, should no. I clarify that yeah. or should I because sometimes clarifying it draws undue attention to something that probably nobody else right. even noticed. And sometimes you think, ah, no one will notice that and you just keep plugging along and then four people come up to you after the sermon and you're like, Hey, when you said that thing Right. And you think drats? Yeah, so, <laughs> I should have clarified. So this is the, this is the thing. In fact, okay. it came up because my I thought that, and then I just kept going. Um, and then and then my wife brought it up and said, "Hey, did, uh, did it sounded like you said this?" And I was like, "Yeah, I, I wondered that too." So here's what it was: it was uh, talking about just in the application part, and I I said something to the effect of, "If you're here looking for friends." or looking for good programs for your kids, or for I don't know what else I mentioned. You didn't say for your kids. You, you said if you're here looking for friends or programs. Oh, did I? No, yeah. I, no I'm pretty sure I said programs. for kids. We'll have to go back and we'll check the tape. the tape. Anyway, I said we don't have that. But what we do have is Jesus Christ. Yes. Which in your defense, I, I heard that as you tying that back to Peter's statement. Yes pre-healing when he said silver and gold we do not have for you but what we do have and and then they they offered that thing however since that had been you know a good 20 minutes previous (laughs) it's possible that not everybody made that direct connection and simply heard you say we have nothing to offer you yeah we don't have any of those things um yeah so so the point of that was not don't come here and find friendships and and we <laughs> will not teach you anything or do anything for your children. <laughs> Correct. Yes, it was a callback to Peter and John saying I, I don't we don't have gold or silver, but what we do have in the name of Jesus Christ or Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And so that's what I was saying was if you're looking the whole point was the beggar was looking for something that he thought was the most important thing that he could have in that yeah. moment. Yeah. Peter and John are not saying they have no silver and gold like at all. They're not saying they're penniless. Their point is, 
you're looking for this thing. I've actually got something better for you. So yes. I don't have that to offer you today. This is what I have to offer yeah, you. That's good. And so I was trying to mirror that by saying, you may have come here looking for all these other things. This may be what you're looking to the church to fulfill. That's not what I'm offering you today. I have something much better for you, which right is to turn from your sin and repent and, um, and receive Jesus Christ. And so that was, that was the point of that. Um, and, and the reason, you know, I wanted to make that point because I want us to understand that that's the same thing every, all of us have to offer people. Like yeah. we're all in these situations all the time where people, um, are in, uh, periods of suffering or struggling and they will ask for prayer. They'll ask for, for help in some way. And I think it's good for us to always remind ourselves that yes, we can offer that. So it's, it, this is, this is also not a passage that should deter us from offering money to people. So correct. This is not a, well, Peter and John said gold and silver. That's not the thing here. Have right. this. Um, we have plenty of passages that, you know, talk about, you know, feed people, give them like, don't, don't say go and be well, warm and well fed, like actually, you Correct. know, provide for them and then tell them about that. So that's, I mean, in effect, they, they, they did actually address what he was asking for. They just said, yes. instead of, instead of giving you a dollar, I'm going to heal you. So now you can actually go make a livable wage. Right. So, so they, they, you know, it's the, in one sense, an equivalent of like, I'm not going to give you a dollar. Why don't you come work for me and I will give you gainful employment so you can continue to provide for yourself. Like it's actually, they didn't deny him the thing he was asking for, which James would say, and John would both argue is kind of the worst to say, oh, I totally have the means of helping you, but I'm not going to do that. Um, but yeah. then offer the, the immeasurably greater thing of Christ himself. And that's, and that's the part where I hope everybody, you know, I want people to understand is that's what we always have to offer people. Um, whenever, not, I'm not saying the miraculous healing, we'll, we, we'll talk about that in, in a minute, but, but I'm talking about that you, every believer who's indwelled by the Holy Spirit, anytime you pray with someone for someone, you are you are giving them an encounter with the living God. Mm. You are, you are bringing them into the presence of the Holy spirit through you. Mm. Can you unpack that a little bit? I suppose I unpack. <laughs> That's everybody's favorite phrase. Um, I didn't realize it was packed so tightly. I thought it was fairly, I, so well, there's a person a who hears that and goes and, and thinks, how, how am I giving them an, yeah. an experience of the Holy Spirit in that? Well, because the Holy Spirit is dwelling in you. I, yeah. so there is a way in which you can pray for someone in a, um, uh, in a, almost in a fleshly way, like just in a, okay, uh, um, I'm, I'm just going to say this prayer for this person, but there's also praying in the spirit that you're, when you're praying for someone, you're asking the Holy Spirit to be a, um, to speak through you, to use this, to, to be present. And I think all of us, or most of the people probably who are listening to this podcast have had an experience where someone has prayed for you, where you feel like I have encountered the spirit and it has little to nothing to do with, um, the quality of the person's words, 
right, the big, you know, how big of words they used or how much scripture they use or anything like that. It's, it's that you know that you are in the presence of the spirit. And, um, we see that where, you know, they, they talk about how, um, what was meaningful is that they could tell that these people had been with Jesus, like the apostles, they could tell, you could tell that they're in the presence of God. And that is what is powerful. And so when we talk about like being able to have a, a, um, a powerful interaction with people, um, even if God, even if God is not doing a miraculous sign in that moment, there's still something incredibly miraculous that is available That's right. that all believers can do when you're praying for someone. Um, not to mention the fact that, you know, when we offer to pray for someone, what we're declaring is God listens to me and God listens to me because of Jesus. And so, so when I am praying for someone and I offer to pray for someone or they ask me for prayer, that's this really incredible moment where I can say, well, yeah, I will pray for that. And, and I know that God hears me, but if I pray with them in that moment, I'm also from praying in the spirit, they they're encountering the living God. They may not even reckon, they, they may not know that they'll be able to articulate that. Um, I don't know. Does that make, does that make sense? It is. And that, maybe, that inability you can say to, it in a different way, that inability to articulate it, I think is important because we both, we both had experiences where you're praying for somebody who is not a believer, but still like responds to that prayer with a sense of like something weird happened. Yeah. Like that felt weird. Yeah. Like that didn't feel like you just, read me a poem right like that was moving like there was something in that they can detect sort of an intangible power in that yes there's a difference when somebody i've had people say to me oh that was a very nice prayer Mm -hmm. or that was a beautiful prayer and what they typically mean by that is they thought it was articulate or Mm -hmm. kind or you know whatever but then there's also a response from people where they have been impacted by a prayer. And they'll say maybe something like that was that was really meaningful or impactful. And that they're, what they're often articulating there is that they just had an experience that they can't really articulate. Yeah. They don't know why was that, why were they so moved and why were they so affected. Mm-hmm. Um and and that's that's what we have and and that just has nothing to do with words that has to do with the spirit being present that's right and making himself um his presence known to the people that are there mm-hmm. and you know when he talks about you know whatever two or three are gathered in my name like that's this corporate prayer idea that we're 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 in the presence of the holy spirit and you you bring that so i just don't want to gloss over that when you read a passage like this it's so easy to try to like dissect, okay, he, they go and they perform this healing. And, you know, is that there've been so many ways that this has been then addressed and dealt with in the church. Like, okay, well, if you want to see the miraculous happen, you need to boldly declare it. And, mm. and this is how you do it. And I didn't really go into that as far as the, um, the methods of like, okay, well, is this a, is this a, a manual, a how-to of how to go about performing these miraculous healings. Yeah. Um, because I don't think it's that. No, because it's different every time, even with Jesus, right? Sometimes he just speaks it out. Sometimes he's spitting on things. And sometimes, uh, you know, we've got in Acts, we're going to come across 
moments where somebody's shadow is falling on somebody and they're getting healed. So it's not, there's never a formula. It's not sorcery where if you just take right. these certain steps, then it produces this, this result. Um, I just think it's so, so good. You're reminding us of, I, I think we quickly forget that the spirit dwells with us and in us. And so like that, I think part of that disconnect of like, well, what makes this spiritual or not spiritual? Like we think like he's coming and going like, oh, we're hoping that he shows up. Like we'll even say like, God, I hope you show up here mm-hmm. and not realize like the reason all of those, like like prayer can be such an extraordinary experience. As you said, it's because the spirit of God dwells with us. Like right. he's right here. Like he's he is so close to us. And so each of those things can be an extraordinarily powerful spiritual experience because his presence follows us it is it is with us and in us and we're carrying that into every situation the issue is simply when i forget and instead of tapping into that instead of tapping into him and and cooperating with him i i i forget or maybe out of fear or embarrassment take the i've i've got this i'll i'll handle this sort of tactic which is never a good, never a good tactic. No, that doesn't ever end well for me. <laughs> it doesn't, that doesn't end well for anyone. No. So how, how do you, so you've, 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 you kind of brought it up now and, and you, you definitely addressed it in your sermon, this idea of, um, well, I like in the sermon, how you, how you address the different kinds of prayer that there's, there's asking prayer and declaring prayer. And the distinction that you made between asking prayer and declaring prayer is, is an overwhelming sense of the, God has declared this, therefore I can now declare this, as opposed to I don't know what God is doing, and so I'm asking him to engage or, or heal or do this thing, but that there are those moments where you know, like, God is declaring this is what he's going to do. So this prayer is really more just an announcement of what God has already declared is going to happen. Um, I think that comes back to that spirit within us. How, how do we discern his voice in that? How How... How do I know when his uh, his voice is distinct from my own voice? That's a that's a really good question. I think first I'd want to clarify and make sure because it's this isn't how everybody views this passage. Um, but I I do land on the side or, or believe that you know, the Holy Spirit still does these things, still does miraculous signs um, at times of His choosing, and. And that it is that when we see that happen, that, that the power of healing was not in Peter and John. I mean, they specifically right. say, why do you, why do you stare at us as if it's by our own power that we do this? Um, that what we see is that they are so abiding in the spirit and in tune with the spirit that it, it would be every bit as much as if Jesus had been standing next to them saying, I'm going to heal that guy. And so you know, go tell that guy I'm going to heal him. Hmm. And so they go and tell him this, this is what's going to happen. And I think that's really important to realize um, that, that, that takes the onus off of us. It's it, the faith is that we're believing it, that we're hearing what the Holy spirit is actually saying. And that I'm listening to him, not, yeah. not the belief um, that if I just have enough faith here and I just declare this boldly enough, then it's going to happen. Um, that's not where the power lies. The power is in the Holy Spirit. And so um, I think that's really important because 
it allows us. And, and so I, I talked about those two types of prayers for healing, um, that it is always good to ask God to bring healing. I mean, yes. we, he tells us to do that. And so those are, that's what I'm talking about when I say an asking prayer, that's someone's sick someone's in a situation, someone is trying to discern whether to take a particular job or not, or to get married or not, or to do whatever. And we, we petition the Lord. We ask, um, we ask for him. Sometimes we ask him, we don't know what, sometimes it's something where it, we just want to know what does he want to have done? And sometimes we know what we want, like we want healing. So we're supposed to tell him this is what we want. And we are to ask, and our confidence, our boldness in that is that he hears us and that he's good and that we can trust him with that. Um, mm-hmm. And so we boldly ask. And then, and so that's the asking prayer. But then there are prayers that where we are just declaring what God has already said. Now, I, what I didn't mention in the sermon is a lot of times when I'm praying a prayer like that, the declaration is what God has already declared in his word. Yes. So most times I would say the vast majority of, so the vast majority of times that I'm praying declarative prayers, I'm praying scripture. I'm just declaring what he's already said. Right. And I'm not, I'm not guessing whether that's my internal monologue or the Holy spirit. I'm that's what the spirit of God has declared through his written word. Right. And, and so when I, for example, when I'm praying uh, for healing for someone, I might be asking that God would heal them physically, but then I'm also going to declare that he will make all of this right and he will restore them and heal them at some point, yeah. whether now or in eternity. So right there, that's a good example of like, I'm asking for this type of healing that sometimes he does and sometimes he doesn't do. And I don't know. I haven't received anything from him saying he's going to do that, but I'm asking, I'm hoping for that. Mm-hmm. But then I'm declaring, but I know God that you are going to make all of this right. That one day this, this will no longer be pain and this will no mm-hmm. longer be suffering. And, and so that's a declarative prayer. Um, but then there is the other kind that I touched on where, I'm, I'm not declaring what is in scripture. I'm declaring what the Holy Spirit is, is declaring in that moment. And that's, you know, if you're talking about a pie chart for me, I only, I can only speak to my experiences. I'd be curious what your experiences are, Robbie. But if you look at my pie chart, that is the, that's the smallest sliver for me where I'm praying. And in the midst of that prayer, the Holy Spirit makes it very clear. This is what I'm going to do here. Hmm. And then my prayer switches to, I'm in faith going to declare what I believe the Holy Spirit has declared to me that he's going to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that's, that is, I think, and what we want to do is we want to take that type of prayer and say, well, if you do that all the time, then those things will happen. And what I'm, what I'm making the argument for is that that only can come in response to what you hear the Holy Spirit say in that moment, hmm. not not what you know He's capable of doing. Yeah, that's where we petition. I, I ask right. for healing because I know you're capable of doing this. I know you can do this. I'm asking you to do it, please. That's that's often how that prayer goes. That's very different than when the Holy Spirit says, "I am going to do this." He said, "Okay, I'm just repeating that He's going to do this." So I declare this. So no, that's good. I'm curious really before good. like we get to the, okay, well, how do you know? But yeah. what what is your experience of that? Like when you heard me say that, 
Like, has that been your experience? Would you articulate it in the same way or differently or? No, I think I would articulate it similarly. And I would also say that that has been a, a thin sliver in the pie chart of prayer for me as well. I, I, that's not my typical experience. Um, which is why the, there, there's sometimes, if I'm being honest, there's sometimes the, the battle of the flesh and the reason that says, well, I mean, it's really only happened a few times. So should that be expected to be normative? You actually made a statement in, in the sermon that I found really helpful and compelling and encouraging. You, you said, oftentimes it takes more reason for us to explain it away or, or more faith rather to explain it away than to just acknowledge that it's an act of God. And I think um, sometimes in the flesh, it can, we can, we can explain those things away and we can say, well, maybe that wasn't really God, which is actually re- requires an enormous amount of faith for me to say that miracle that I experienced must have had a, a rational explanation for it instead of remembering those as those mile markers of God's fingerprint where where he is giving me the gift of, yeah, I know you don't experience this all the time. You probably couldn't handle experiencing this all the time, but I'm giving you this moment just to remind you that I am here and I am doing these things still. And and so I want to uh, I want to see that sliver grow into a larger piece of the pie, but I don't have control over that. So if if he sees fit that this is the only sliver I get, I want to be. I want to continue to view those moments as what I believe they are. That whether they are plentiful or seldom, they are every bit as much gifts of God's grace and miraculous power to remind me that He is gracious mm. and does the miraculous. So I should continue yeah. to pray with faith. So I think I might. I mean, I wouldn't call it pushback, but I would say you said that I. I think that we can experience more and more of it through growing in our sensitivity to the spirit. And, um, Oh, I, I agree with that as, as well. I just acknowledge there's an aspect of that that I do not have control over. God is doing what he's doing. Yes. I can certainly grow in my awareness and experience of that, but I know that there's a point at which, because I'm not conjuring it up, it's not like if I just say, well, if I start taking these steps, then I'll see miracles popping off all over the place. Like, no, um, I do think though that I th- I think you know because part of what I was trying to say was that it's not normal to us because it's it's not normal to correct. us. Correct. Like we you, you we can't discredit. Like remember the apostles were normal people. They're just regular people, right. but they had seen extraordinary things. Yeah. I thought that was another great point of of acknowledging like they had come to expect this yeah. after spending that much time with Jesus. This was their new normal. Yeah, yeah. They were in no way were gonna. When they, I believe, you know, if we could get into their internal dialogue, the Holy Spirit, I believe, probably said to them, "I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna heal this man," and that statement didn't need any qualification for right. them. They need to right. be like, you, "Wait, you're gonna do what? Really? How? What's that gonna look like? How's that gonna yeah. work?" They literally just did well, what they saw Jesus do. Of course do. you are. Yeah, of course you are. And in my life, where I've seen that happen the most has been in sharing the gospel. Hmm. And that's what I was trying also oh, to articulate good. was that I, when I first, uh, sharing the gospel used to be a very terrifying thing for me. And and I used to think that I didn't have any, I had very few opportunities ever to do it. 
But over time of trying to listen to the Holy Spirit and have eyes to see, that be started to become more normal to the point where now, if I believe, if the Holy Spirit directs me to go talk to somebody, I don't second guess it. I mm. I just think, even if it feels awkward or whatever, like, okay, well, that's what I'm doing because I've seen you do this so many times and who knows what's going to happen. I'm going to go over to this person and we're going to have some kind of weird connection that is going to seem you know, out of this world. And, and then we're going to have this conversation. And I, I have come to just be so that's so normal now. And that's not a work of me. That's not like Mm. that. I just got better at sharing the gospel. Um, it's not a skill set. It's the skill set is listening to the Holy spirit and seeing what he's doing and, and just jumping in. And that's what I think we can grow in. So to your point, you asked the question of, well, how do you, you know, how do you get more sensitive to the Holy Spirit and listening to him? I mean, one, you have to believe that he is actually speaking, that he still does speak. And, and somebody is obviously going to go like, what do you mean? Do you mean audibly? Do you mean like, I I just, I never even know how to answer that question. I, um, if, if my wife gives me a look, I, and somebody, and I say, well, she, she wants me to, she wants me to do this. She wants me to go clear out the driveway. Yeah. Somebody says, "What well, did you hear her audibly say? Like, well, I, I didn't need to. I, <laughs> I, I, I know that right. look. I you know that know. feeling. I, you just know. When you she know, wants right? that thing, you know. Right. right. Yeah. And, um, and so it's similar in that way. So like, oh. what's that? Oh, I just said yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I audibly <laughs> said yes. <laughs> so in agreement. You audibly agreed. Um, I was thrown off by that. So it is listening and discerning the spirit's voice. And so number one, it's it's remembering that he actually does speak. And so you are trying to listen. I think another thing that we need to do is to realize that it is a learning process to learn how to discern that and to not be so quick to just tab well God told me on on mm. the end of everything. Yeah. You we were talking before the podcast, Rob, you had a really good example of that, of just saying god god told me i don't remember what Great. the example was Perfect. but uh something along the lines of if, podcast. if we're using bad examples of that i think the, kind of yeah. the that the flippant sense of like oh i'm i'm gonna take this new job god told me i'm supposed to take this job and when you go oh well how did god tell you that well it's it pays better and i really like the people i'm working for and you think oh okay i mean those are good reasons to take a job but I don't feel like that's the living God of the universe speaking right. to you necessarily. To I mean, he could, he could be affirming that by all right. means. Like we're not, I don't want to make light of that in one sense. On the other side, I also, I don't want to be flippant in declaring thus saith the Lord when it's really just, this sounds like a good idea. Right. Um, because there are some things that sound like a really good idea that God does not want me to do. And then when I do it saying, well, God told me to do this and then it completely unravels, then I find myself in a in a bit of a pickle of wondering, well, did God not know what he was doing when it was right. really, I just attributed something to God that was my own inner monologue. Yeah, I think overusing the phrase ends up doing kind of like what we see happen. I mean, there's been lots of illustrations about the word love and how I can love Doritos and I can love yeah. a football team and I can love my wife and it, it means all these different things. So I think it's important to say, um, there's a difference. And so sometimes the way I articulate it to somebody is, um, 
there are times where like, let's say I'm in a counseling situation or I'm meeting with somebody and I'm trying to minister to them in some way. And as we're praying, um, I will dif- differentiate between, um, when I might say, you know, Hey, I, I think, I think maybe this is something to consider, which is kind of me saying using godly wisdom, biblical understanding, discernment, you know, these kinds of gifts of, of being able to see a situation and try to discern what's going on and use wisdom and, and all, all of that, like I, this is a conclusion that, or this is a a thought or suggestion or an idea. Um, and then there are times where I, I feel like it's like, it's an impression where I'm going, Oh, this seems like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if this is from the Lord or not, but I might throw something out um, that they may be able to confirm by what what God has been speaking to them. And then there's, again, when we talk about the pie chart, the, the smallest sliver of that is where it's very clear. Yeah. This is what God is doing. This is what he's saying. This is obvious. And now I'm declaring it. And I think it's all of those are good, right? Like all of those things, if, if you're trying to discern whether to take a job or not, or whether you're supposed to go talk to somebody or not, um, let's, let's, I could use that example where I say, or I believe the Holy Spirit has told me to go and talk to somebody. There are also many other times where I've just seen somebody who looks alone or looks, yeah. you know, sad or looks nervous and using biblical wisdom and godly wisdom and hopefully a compassionate heart that I just, I want to go talk to them. And, and that's the way I would want to de- say that is like god didn't tell me to go talk to that person i just saw them and i thought i should probably go that i should go talk to them um then there are other times where i'm like oh i feel (laughs) is god telling me to go talk to that person and then there are other times where there have been there have been times (laughs) where it's like a two by four upside the head of go okay and those are all different things and all good things similarly to the praying prayers where you're asking for healing. It is good to ask for healing. It's not the same thing as declaring that God is going to do that. And it is good to use wisdom and biblical understanding and principles and all that to make a decision about what job to take or anything like that. Um, but, but also be open and listening to the spirit that he may have something more direct. He may want to directly communicate to you. In my experience, it's been when I, when he's telling me to do something that either doesn't make very much sense or is not what naturally is going to be my inclination to want to do, frankly. That's good. So when I have a desire yeah. to be faithful in a situation, I think, but I, but my I, my wiring is not going to lead me into what is what God is wanting me to do. Okay. I feel like he is kind to me and he has given me, um, that's when he has spoken the most clearly is when there's a bent and a desire. God, I want to do what is honoring to you, but... Um, but he's, it's, it's like, he's saying, okay, I know you're not going to actually do this unless I tell you specifically, yes. yeah. you need to go do yeah. this. You're like, okay, then I'll go do it. But I, I need a little bit more of a, yeah. which would be closer to the shoveling out the walk. So my wife does actually audibly say, go. <laughs> right on. And I think it's, uh, good to remind one another that we need to help each other out in this. Like it's okay to, and, and essential in fact, to ask the people that you are in biblical community with. When you're confused, when you're saying, when you feel like, I think God might be urging me to do this thing, to be able to verbalize that to people that you trust 
so that they can speak into that and say, yeah, you know what? That that does sound like something that God might say. Be, or be okay with being that unsure. totally does not sound like something God would say, um, like because that's contradicting scripture or that's... Which you've had that. We both had those situations. Yes, absolutely. Where you've, had, you've had to tell people who say, God told me to do this. And you said, no, no he, he no, is he not. I He's promise not. you he is not because that is direct opposition to his explicit word. And... Uh, like there are times when I can't say that when I'm when I'm when I'm just you know we're we're in this together. I'm going. Right. I don't I don't know. Let's keep exploring that. Let's pr- let's pray about it together and see if God will give us some wisdom together. Sometimes I can give a, a resounding absolutely. That sounds exactly like something God would say. And sometimes it's a absolutely not. That is that is not that is not His voice. Um, so we need we need each other in that. So if we can help you out in that, please. Don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, we want to pray with you and for you. We want to help you process these things. Uh, we don't want you to just listen to our ideas. God help us all. Please don't just listen to our ideas. We want, we want you. Uh, we want our thoughts on these things to stir your desire to search Scripture and to ask of God. And then, if we can help you do that, um, we would be privileged. So, thanks for taking the time to listen. And until next time, grace and peace. Yeah.